Welcome to City Temple and Chelsea Community Church. This is our live stream. For those of you watching online, we appreciate you connecting with us on Sunday. Um, it's just one part of the way we worship to, uh, here at the church. We have an online presence and we also have a physical presence being here with us. And we always in, in love to have you here to be with us physically, but we understand for some being online has been a great blessing. And you can connect with us, info at city-temple.com to uh, get our um, links uh, for those services. Um, Zoe or Evie, someone can help me to give out the Sunday sermon uh, notes as we, for those who want. And so, oh, I forgot Kingsley was here. Can I help? Yeah, cool. we lift up your hands if you want the sermon notes for today. It's for the kids' sermon club notes, so that helps them to, to follow along with us. But we've seen that sometimes uh, some of our church members enjoy also to have them. So follow. In John chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 1 to, to 6, uh, it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was light of men, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And verse 6, there, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And continue on to Hebrews chapter hey, thanks. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 <clears throat> Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in the last days, He has spoken to us by His Son whom he appointed to the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the, maj of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And our last text is in... Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty Deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us. With its legal demands, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. May we be blessed at the reading of God's holy word. Let us pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, day. We bring us together as your church 
We want to be built up in the faith, Lord. And we want to be built up in love and in your truth, Lord. Let us speak and, and share your message, your gospel, your truth. That hearts will be changed and transformed and renewed. Father, we, we uh, pray that you stand around us with your warrior angels, Lord, and protect us, your people. And uh, help us to apply this word, to put it in practice in our families, our lives, in our daily walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I was thinking a little bit about Christmas as well with the, with the, the family and how all of these symbols and, and things that are happening around have so much impact and influence on them, especially uh, what happens, I guess, even secularly. You know, there's a, as a nation once, you know, it has a Christian foundation and Christmas wasn't about all the uh, commercialized uh, waves and, and moves that it has that now today means for, for some of the, uh, especially for the kids. Um, and instead it was, it was about, you know, it was about Jesus. It was about him and his truth and his message and the gospel and being together in church, you know, and those things slowly begin to kind of fall away. And so with, with, with the kids, we find different ways to kind of how we can remember that Christmas is part. And so I, I was even thinking about our walk with Christ and how we've received so many gifts from him, so many things that we apply to our lives. Now, if you can follow an action with me, I'm just going to show you something. I want you to say uh, with me, lift up your hands like if you can, you don't, if you're, for any medical reason you can't. We are accepted in Christ. We are secure in Christ. And we have purpose in Christ. These are really good gifts that God gives us. I always put this hand like up because I think, you know, as a child kind of looks up to the father, to his, to his dad, like my kids, my little ones, you know, dad, pick me up, pick me up, accept it. Secure, that kind of being close, that, that gift of being warm and embraced. And purpose, being able to do things with our hands, being able to do things. For those in, in Espanol, um, aceptado, seguro y con propósito. Thank you. And you can add all the other languages. We've got so many different languages here, so just to kind of play around with those things. But little things like that can sometimes leave an imprint. I think, okay, I remember that now. I know that, that becomes a small gift in our minds. And I think when, when we look at a little bit at the Bible, there are all these little gifts that God has left in, in history. And it takes sometimes time to unravel them. And I, and I do find out that as, as you walk with the Lord, it's, it's finding those uh, riches and those truths and spending time to uncover them, to open them up, that really helps our, our, our walk with the Lord and become richer and deeper. For the Jewish nation, for the Israelites, they knew that, Jesus was, that they knew a Messiah was going to come. They didn't know his name. So the name Jesus wasn't there yet. They knew that in the future there would be someone who would redeem them. But in the mind of this monotheistic culture, which meant this, this group of people who believed in just the one God, they could only understand that this advent, the coming of their, of their saviour, would be a man who would be similar to King David, who was this great uh, uh, king who, who had given freedom and deliverance and power and government. So their image of, of, of what was to come was a man. And that somehow physically with power and with might, he was going to transform the world for them. Maybe establish a rule and reign. And even you see that at the early uh, followers of Jesus, they thought that as well. They couldn't understand some of the things that today we take kind of for granted. They, was, they didn't see the gifts that God had prepared in Scripture and what was happening and unfolding it before them. Even the, the, the actual event of Bethlehem, his birth in that middle of 
of a, a small town in the north and very far away where no one was, was expecting something to happen at that very moment. Even prophetically, it had been proclaimed, but it wasn't an, like the fanfare array, everyone preparing themselves and saying, we know that this is the moment. If anything, it was again hidden in a kind of like the gift again, kind of this idea, and placed away. But yet, we see something here in the Gospel of John. And he's writing both to Jews and, and Gentiles, so who understood Greek and those who understood the Old Testament. And I find it interesting that he doesn't go straight into it and say, you know what, there's a person, he's named Jesus, and he is God, and he is, and he is the Redeemer. He, he starts with this very almost obscure language. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He doesn't kind of go, and, and, he, and he's using all of this language but to set the people up to understand, because he knows that his audience will understand Old Testament language. So in a way, again, he's kind of putting these things, they're a little bit covered, but at the same time, they begin to pull back the layers and say, oh, I get what you're saying here. I understand there's something more. Because they understood, and I'll explain a little bit more. For those who were Jewish in the audience, there was no danger of being misunderstood. Old Testament readers would pick up the reference at once. God's word in the Old Testament is his creative utterance, his power in action, fulfilling his purpose. They understood Oh, when John is saying the Word, it means a lot to us because we know in the beginning the Word created the heavens and the earth. You know, God declared something and it was action. But they connected that Word with, with, with Him, with God. They understood that when God sent something, it was Him going out creating or Him going out to establish. So that idea was there. And it was like John saying, you, you almost are seeing, you're almost catching the gift that is Jesus but I'm going to reveal it almost like in stages. I'm almost going to show you that God is with us. So this word meant to them. The Old Testament, God's actual utterance and his actual statement of his purpose as having power in itself to affect the thing it purposed. It was able to create. It was able to do things. They knew. God said it. It was power. It was him himself. His words. Very similar to when they say the, the queen or the king has declared this. We know there's, there's a, an authority behind it. But in this, it's even more because we know it, it transforms, it creates. For instance, in Genesis 1, we said it, no? God said, let there be, and there was. That was that understanding. So when they hear the word, word, it isn't just this, you know, a, this little four-letter word. They understood it meant so much more. So when John begins his gospel, they're understanding, oh, there's something creative here, there's something more. John's trying to tell us something very powerful here. Like in Psalm, also it says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. He spoke and it came to be. So that's the kind of understanding they come when they're looking at the word. And so here in our, in our, today's, in our, in our sermon today, in the beginning was the word. And the words here is the word's eternity. That it's always existed. He has no beginning of his own. Others have a beginning. Everything else is created, but the word of God has always been. So he starts with that first thing. It's eternal. This eternal, it's always been there. The word of God has always been there. He's taken off the first thing. But then he says, also, and the word was with God. Speaking about the word's personality. That's following things. So we know that it's eternal. It's also personal. It's a personality. God's power in creation and his will is revealed in a distinct person and is in an active eternal relationship with God. 
So there's something happening. This word has a relationship with God. There's something happening. Remember, this is a monotheistic culture. They only believe in one God, but yet God is helping them to expand and to understand the truth that was always there in, in Scripture. But now through Christ, it's going to be revealed to them. This word also had a personality. It was eternal. And it was in relationship with God. And here he goes. And the word was God. And that must have been mind-blowing. We, we take it now. We've read, those of you who've read the gospel, you hear that. And the word was God. But for them, hey, all right, I understand that the word is the power of God. The word is God. The word's deity. He's distinct from the Father. He is not a creature, he's not created. He is divine himself, as the Father is. See, there's this distinction in the unity of the God. And this is where it gets interesting. This is where they're saying, because all of this is what Christians also forget that to understand. The Word also has this deity. And through him, all things remain. Now we're getting into the Word creating. He is the Father's agent in every act of making. That the Father has ever performed. All that was made was made through Him. He is not in a class of created things. He's not like the wind, he's not like the, like the, the, the creatures of the sea. He isn't anything he uses. He is greater than that because He was with God and He's also distinct from God. He is not you know, with the Father. See, this is different to some religions where they say, oh, yeah, God, the, you know, Jesus is. is manifested in different ways and forms and the energies and powers. No. He is God. He is God. And in Him was life. Here is the word animated. There is no physical life in the realm of created things save in and through Him. Remember what it says with once doing a study here in Colossians, we were reading the word, that God, that Jesus created all things through Him and for Him and by Him, that it all goes through the, 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 the sonship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here John is just again reiterating and saying, the life is given and maintained by the word of God. Uh, created things do not have life in themselves, but life in the word. This is the second person in the Godhead. This is about us as well. All of everything around us is because of his word sustaining us. And that life was the light of men. Here, it's the word revealing. He gives life, but also gives light too. We are alive in the world that the word of God creates. And we are kept alive because of the word. Isn't that so good? Everything that is. We're seeing, and this talks about how he reigns and rules. How he is sovereign and slow. And it's that little bit sometimes that we have to hold. Even when we're seeing the wars and the difficulties, whether it's a child financial or a physical challenge, whether it's a, a changing or difficulties in a family, a marriage or a home. But remembering that God, He is the life and the light of all men and women. That He is the one who holds us all together. That's important for us to understand. And in John 1, 14, it says, the Word became flesh. He enters the world. That John, the Gospel of John is different from Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of speak, maybe the exception of Mark and Luke, they all speak of Jesus' birth. The manger, the angels, the shepherds. John is like completely different. I'm, I'm going to completely do this different with you guys. I'm going to talk to you about the word. I'm going to talk to you about something higher. It's like, it sounds strange at the beginning. 
you're, you grew up in, especially in Jewish culture, you grew up in some of this, you begin to connect these and understand that the importance of But also the Gospel of John is a wonderful gospel, like all of the Gospels, really goes to the heart of who Jesus is. He became flesh, the Word incarnate. God became man. The baby in the manger of Bethlehem was none other than the eternal Word of God. So all these images of the Word of God, of the power of God, that God was working sovereignly, keeping everything together, that we see, and you see it all through Scripture in the Old Testament. And now, that the Word is this baby who grew up in obedience and become his Jesus. We're going to continue to see. Jesus is the Word of God. The baby born in Bethlehem, God made he is, Jesus is the eternal word. He is the creator of all that we see. And he reveals the life and the light of God in this dark world. We need, and he had, God had to intend that there was nothing in ourselves that we could do to save. We tried. We saw that the, the, the Lord just showed us to how, how um, wicked and, and sinful our hearts were, no matter how much, whether we were poverty, lying, cheating, Whatever, we were never able to find a way to bridge ourselves and connect with God. No matter how much, all of our good deeds or actions would never really ever reach the fullness of what God wanted in us. And it wasn't that God was setting his standards and saying, I want you to fail. If anything, he was placing his holiness and saying, I, my nature does not change. I am holy completely. I am, I am righteous completely. I am truth completely. None of that can change. That I can bring you into this relationship and I can deal with what is in your heart. But I will have to personally be involved in it. I will have to be your light. I will have to be your light. I will have to be the mediator. It cannot be. And, and though we see these shadows in the Old Testament of bulls and lambs and doves and all of these things that we see them doing are just symbols and shadows of what was yet to come. And that's where Hebrews kind of says that, that Jesus, uh, you know, in past. The Lord spoke through the prophets, through these sacrifices, through the, through the Old Testament. We saw all the imagery saying to us that God was there, the Word was there, but Christ now, He's the one who speaks now. He's the one who shows us now that how we can come into that relationship. People search for God, blindly, searching in the dark, trying to find a path, trying to get out of the darkness, trying to get out of their pain and their misery. And God is the one who came in with his light and with his truth and bridged and, and restored the relationship. And, it's our, and, that, and that is the, the greatest gift that God's with us. They struggled. Even the early church struggled to understand how did God become a man? Why did he become a man? And they had creeds and they, some of them would even say, no, well, God is partly man, he's partly human. And they would struggle with these ideas and saying, well, you know, sometimes he was God and sometimes he was and it wasn't. So some of these creeds, and I like one of them that really helped me to kind of word it, was the Athanasian Creed. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God-man, perfect God and perfect man, who although he be God and man, yet he is not two, but one Christ. One, not by conversion of the Godhead, not by conversion of the God, but sorry, not by conversion of the Godhead into flesh, but taking of the manhood into God. God became man. God took on flesh. 
they had to struggle. They struggled with these things. And I think I need to correct that bit on, on, uh, on some sort of quickly uh, written. The God became one part of the Godhead. The Son became flesh. And that is, that is the way that God created for us to come back into relationship. If Jesus was, is not God and, and did not come into the world and he did not do his part, then we will still be sinners without a Savior. If Jesus were only man, then he died only for his own sins. And we're still in our sins. And we have no Hebrews showed this. They, they would always, the Old, the, the Old Testament, they would always look at Moses. They would look at the, the priesthood. They would look at the, the messengers of God. They were all the shadows. Something greater had arrived. And that was Jesus. He was the greatest. God's revelation. He was progressing now in Jesus. He kept his fullness in Christ Jesus. He is greater than Moses and the angels and the prophets and the priests. They are all the shadows. And in Jesus we have his fullness. So we have his word and through his spirit we are empowered now to live. The word gives us truth and that truth is a person. The word that became flesh. It's wonderful because God loves his creation. God loves who we are. And that, and that love shows that we, we have dignity, value, and worth. And that we are, we are his creation. He didn't think, okay, let's just abandon it. It's all gone down. I don't know, sometimes when things are really bad, it's easy to say, throw in the towel. God in his love, he doesn't see that he was hopeless of anything. He still saw his image in, in creation and wanted to redeem and to bring back. Sometimes when I'm talking with some of the people I work with, I found that in some cultures, it was hard for them to understand that they were made in the image of God. Just because of religion or because of cultural background, that was a very foreign concept to them sometimes. And I would sometimes have, we'd have these conversations. Anything goes at lunchtime. You know, we can have a coffee, tea, whatever. We can talk about whatever at break time. And we did. We talk about, you know, life, faith, and things. Because I'm the chaplain there with them. Because of the place I'm in, I might have to pray in certain ways. I have to maybe be, I don't know the word, more traditional, more, more something. Very calm. I can also pray. So I have an array of people working in my chaplaincy. And I, I have my. Love me very much. <laughs> and and they, they're like, Chaplain, I need you to pray for me. Okay, you put our little room. I have my, my companion who's not Christian, who's Muslim. She bursts in the door. The person does come to me. Lal, get out of the room. And it's like, I'm, I'm the chaplain. I'm like, get out of the room. I'm going to pray with the chaplain. So I'm being reserved and being calm about it. And she, she grabs my hand and she says, No, I want real prayer. I want fire. I want, I want God to, to encounter me. Oh, okay, you said it. <laughs> Let's go for it. I'm just, it's just these things about how, for her, it meant a lot. I just, the connecting with people in that way, it just reminds me of how the image of God. But when I'm, like I said, when I'm with them, it's learning how to also bring that truth and that life to them. Had to bring that, and for some, and that was the, one of the things with the culture that I encountered at work. Sometimes it is that kind of I don't believe that I'm, I'm made in the image of God. 
They don't say it in those ways. They say it in different ways. And even with some of the residents who are born here, grown up here, generations, they just have the understanding that they have a value in their work because they have dignity, because God created them. And it does that truth just had a, even when I go back and forth with you. And that's what Christians is that God loves created his creation, his, his you know, Adam and Eve and all who we are now mankind. He loves us so much that he would be involved, not just abandon us, but be connected to us. In Colossians, the text that I use there, because of Christ's anger, because he came with us, we have this union. We have the forgiveness of our sins. And we have victory over the force of the evil. And that's a wonderful thing also. And I think that, that place of authority that God had gave to us. But first of all, he had to conquer it. There is nothing that we can do. No, no nation, government, or power, or military force can destroy principalities and powers that operate in the air, that govern and bring misery, death, and sickness, and all the other things that, that pertain to it. There is nothing that, that, that humans can do. No matter how many weapons or armory or military strategies you have, you cannot disarm the powers of evil in that forces that work. But yet, God, in Jesus, in the Son, in the Son, God incarnate in Christ Jesus, comes and in humility on the cross completely disarms and disables all of these powers in one mighty act, his death on the cross. Shame and guilt continuously, continuously invading humans, invading hearts and minds. Yet with one powerful act on the cross, his death and his resurrection, all of that shame, all of that guilt, completely hum destroyed. And he says, you know, it, it completely humiliated it and, and made a spectacle of it. Because the word became flesh and was faithful and obedient to the fathers, he, he has overcome all principalities and powers. And he continues to through his church as we pray and represent him as that's why we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are here in order to, so he continues to reconcile people to him. And Jesus, this is the reason that Jesus became God in human flesh. There is only hope in God who came and took on flesh and willingly lived and died in our place. We are not always willing to live and die for, even for ourselves or for others. Nor could we pay for our own sin or our debts that are too overwhelming, full of shame and guilt, and sometimes very overpowering. But he publicly shamed them in, the, in his victory on the cross. And it was God who took on flesh, Jesus who canceled all. He is the greatest gift with us, God with us, not just then, but now and for all eternity. Amen and amen. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for the word that became flesh. And that's what we celebrate. That it means so much. Let us continue in our hearts to unpack that truth. Let us continue to understand how, you, how much you love us and value us. You've accepted us, made us secure, and given us purpose. And you've done it all through Christ. Your example, your truth, your love. Lord, we ask that you continue to renew our minds and our hearts. Father, that we, we truly, like we heard the prayers of our children here today, that it's not about uh, a one-day event with, with, with food and toys and gifts or whatever, but 
it is about you every day. So Lord, let us celebrate that as we come together. Lord, there is nothing that can change nations like you, Lord. There's no one who can change nations like you in your power, Lord. And we know that you, you destroyed all the principalities and powers. You have brought them down and you take authority over them. Even death and hell are now completely under you, Lord. So Lord, we stand in the victory that you have already obtained for us. We thank you that you came and did what we could not do so that we could stand in the place together with you. We thank you for the gift of you being with us and come to join us and bring us towards you. Father, I pray today for healing. I pray for those who need healing. I pray for those who have damaged shoulders, those who have been suffering with pain along their uh, spinal column. I pray for those who have been feeling uh, tension around their necks. I pray for those who suffer from migraines. And I pray that you rebuke all of this, Lord. You take, you've given us authority as your people as well, Lord. We come in the authority in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we rebuke all sick and deafness as well that has tried to invade and damage our communities, Lord. And we thank you that we stand in the victory. We stand in the place of, of, of your uh, word, Lord. And by your stripes, we are healed, Lord. We thank you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.